Tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, this is Anthony Davis, aka Kyoru Green here, and this is Toku Secrets, presented by AnimeSecrets.org. And today, uh, we're going to be discussing, uh, basically, for Black History Month, Black Power Rangers, well, black, rain, black, black people as Power Rangers. And joining me is... Hi, I'm Nathan Nassab, Boken Silver. Hey, I'm Rizwan, Gokai Red. Alrighty, guys, so basically, we're going to be discussing, like, from start... From MPR all the way to the current season of black black people as Power Rangers. Um, basically, the first one we're going to start off with is Zach from MPR. Uh, he is our first uh, African American Ranger. He is the black Power, Power Ranger. Ironically, too, uh, like they, it's kind of funny because, like they said in the uh, in the interviews, like they weren't intentionally. Having a black rain, black a black <laughs> actor be uh, the black ranger, and an Asian yellow ranger being yellow, you know, it it really wasn't intentional. It was all accidental, and they kind of rectified that, you know, in the next season. Um, yeah, I don't think Walter caught on to that trend until like I think an interview said he didn't notice until like episode twelve, when people were starting to comment on it. Yeah, it was just like like it never crossed but his I mind. Also, but I also read somewhere that Walter originally was given the role of Billy, the Blue Ranger, but then Walter asked to be to play Zach instead because he quote unquote thought he would be more recognizable as the Black Ranger. Which I mean, make of that what you will. I remember reading that somewhere. Make of that make of that quote whatever you will. But Walter was the Black Ranger by his request, if that, if that is actually real. Yeah, I well, mean... Well, I think it also fits the actress' personality better, too. Yeah, and plus that, like, you know, like you said, he is more recognizable as the Black Ranger. If he was a blue, we probably wouldn't be, like, it wouldn't be as memorable, I guess you could say. But uh, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, what I was gonna say was that, like, as far as like me growing up to watching Power Rangers, because like, you know, of course, little me didn't really know anything about like, you know, black people. Like, I mean, I knew about black people, obviously, but I know there was more to it. You know, just having a black actor being, you know, in Power Rangers, because it was I was just enjoying the show for what it was. But as I got older, I was like, oh, like, you know, there was. A lot more, you know, black black people being rangers, and it's pretty amazing, you know, like just seeing that, like, oh, look, there's a, you know, it's like it's like watching, you know, like you it's like you it's like you're seeing yourself in a way. If that makes sense. And also, I definitely like, like I think that was pretty fun. Too. Because like of course the hip hop keto thing was like pretty epic or whatever. I never honestly tried to attempt to do the hip hop keto. I know I always like to dance, but I never really did the keto part. I mean, Zach was the original like jokester, like Power Ranger. Which, yeah, 
again, it's kind of funny because in uh, Jew Ranger, uh, the and that's funny how uh, in um, you know Zach is the goofball and Billy is the brains. When in Jew Ranger, the black uh, the black Ranger is the brainiac, and the Blue Ranger is just you know the goofball. Though Zach is, I mean, I guess if you technically want to compare Zach to Don. Zach is a much more preferable character. Yeah. And I, I think uh, the, the big thing that I, I like about Zach in the original, uh, like, let's be, uh, let's be honest here, like, uh, I, he kind of has a bit of an arc in season one, because there's, like, a couple of episodes where he's chasing after that girl, Angela. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, literally the last episode of season one is him getting on a date with Angela and, uh, you know, um, actually managing to woo her. Now, unfortunately, that doesn't really end up mattering much because, you know, she, we never see her in season two, but that was still great, you know, and, and I think, you know, Linkara said it best. Uh, Linkara has said that Zack is his favorite of the original Five Rangers. Um, he said that, like, it, it's kind of cool how, you know, we see these Rangers be, like, perfect goody-goods who are like, you know, who don't really have any flaws. So it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, you know, refreshing to see Zach not, not get the girl immediately, if that makes sense. Yeah. Not only that, but Zach brought so much charisma. Yeah. Uh, was there anybody? Was there like um, anything else y'all want to say before we uh, get on to the next? Um, um, I haven't read the. I'm still trying to read the uh, comics that lead up to like you know the the bigger story and everything. But I also really like Zach in the comics because uh, oh yeah. I mean, they they hint at it a little bit with uh, in the Green with Evil saga, but uh, it's much more prominent in the comics where uh, where uh, Tommy has just joined the team at the beginning of the comics, and they actually make Zach be like you know really skeptical of Tommy. I I, I honestly wish that they did that more in the show, but I mean I but you know it's the first season of Power Rangers, so and you know the writers weren't you know at their highest level of quality. But, yeah. but I, I like how he is in the comics, too. I, I really like him there because I, I really kind of wish that there was, like, that one member of the team that doubts Tommy. And I understand why it's not Jason because he and Tommy had that kind of relationship. I think Zach was the perfect guy to have his doubts. So oh, I, yeah, really, I really liked him in the comics. And, like, there's, um, there's yeah. like a separate comic um, called Google Power Rangers. It was more on... The Rangers before Tommy joins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then even in the. I don't know if it's recently. 
the Power Rangers audio drama podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that. Mm-hmm. The way it portrays Zack in there is also really cool because you kind of see more, more of Zack and his relationship with Jason. I was like, you know, they're all on different states. They don't live on the same place in the audio drama, but they still portray the command center and they go off and do their missions together. But it's just fun to see the friendship between Zach and Jason develop. And I don't know too much about the audio drama. I'm only on like episode four, I think. Mm-hmm. Like Greenwood Evil is just about to begin right now. So not that far. But I definitely think the character of Zach has been really entertaining, even in the audio drama. Which, by the way, has no relation to Hasbro or the franchise. It's just a fan-run project that I enjoy quite a bit. I like his friendship with Jason. Like, um, if I ever, uh, if I, I don't know, one of these days I would really like to make a video talking about um, my favorite, uh, not romances, because everybody talks about romance, like, you know, Wes and Jen, Tommy and Kimberly, blah, 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 blah. But uh, I would really like to do one talking just about, like, personal friendships. Um, And I I wouldn't put Jason and Zach as, like, my number one. I don't know which one I would have be my number one, honestly. but. I would put Jason and Zach in that top ten because I mean he even Walter Jones and Austin St. John of his day have really great chemistry. Yeah. But but that's about it, what I would say was that. Sorry, are we ready to continue? Yeah, let's go. Alrighty, so our next ranger is Aisha, the second NPR Yellow Ranger. And with this one, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I had the biggest crush on Aisha growing up watching the show. I was like, oh, she's pretty cute. Ooh, <laughs> name's Aisha? Yeah, she's pretty good looking. Oh, yeah. I think I'm trying. I'm trying. Found to the boogie with the bear. <laughs> she always um, had like like the funniest thing to say, and like you know it was just yeah. There he is. So one thing to note about Ayesha's character, um, this is something I learned on Instagram from her uh, page. She is the first black female superhero to be on live action TV ever. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I I think that's a really big deal for, you know, representation in the media, because up until that point, all of our heroes had been white. And maybe we had, like, one or two male black superheroes, but never a female. So, that's a big deal to me. Most definitely. Plus, he had such a great personality, just like Zach, in a, diff- in a similar but different kind of way, if that makes sense, because they're both really charismatic, they're really outgoing, um, really just great characters in the franchise, and I, I enjoyed them both. I especially liked her friendship with Adam, especially in the, uh, especially in the first uh, regular episode that comes after... Uh, 
the three Stone Canyon kids uh, become rangers. It's called Goldar's Vice Versa. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Now, it's mostly an Adam episode where, you know, Adam doesn't have a date to the dance and he feels like, you know, really like, you know, he's putting himself down, which I can totally relate to. Adam is my favorite of the three Stone Canyon kids. But what what I love about Aisha in that episode is that, you know, Adam doesn't have confidence and, you know, he's putting himself down and, you know, Aisha's, you know, being like, oh, come on, Adam, you're awesome. But she's giving it with a little bit of attitude. Like, you know, that's great. You know, Aisha, Aisha is a true friend to Adam and I like that. Oh, yeah. And she also has like a lot of attitude in another episode where I think it was like she was uh, doing, I guess, one of the it was somebody on like somebody from from the fire department had like, you know, dubbed her, I guess, the I guess. Fire, like a like a like a I guess like a, a full fire marshal, I guess. And she was just going around like, you know, saying, oh, this caused a fire here. This caused a fire here. And she even got into it with Billy at one point. And she was like, oh, this is my responsibility. I, I'm doing this, not you. Like, Yeah, that, that, that's actually funny. Uh, I, I actually covered this when a uh, little Power Rangers VHS uh, um, series. Uh, they actually released three uh, season two episodes. Now, it was called the White Ranger series. But ironically enough, all three of those episodes were revolving around the Three Stone Canyon kids. And uh, they gave uh, the one that revolved around Aisha was that episode. I think it was called uh, Where There's Smoke, There's Fire. Yeah, that was, that was, really that was the episode right there. Yeah, that was a really good episode. I don't, um, I don't recall her having... Did, did she ever have, like, a romantic caring? Because I don't recall that. No, I don't think she did. No, I don't think she had any romantic interest in anybody, really. And her character left fairly abruptly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't um, like how they handled Aisha's departure. Yeah. That, it felt that, like an afterthought to me. It was in season three, and it was, like, right before they were about to, like, I guess, get the uh, Zeal Crystals or whatever, and, like, her character, they, they just, like, up and just, oh, well... You're not gonna be on the show no more. We're gonna get this new get girl here, so you can get out. I'm like, what? That's messed up. Well, I heard that like Aisha, like Karen Ashley, couldn't handle the production scheduling, so she asked to be written off. And they were gonna give her like ten episodes, um, but they cut it down to like two. And I don't even think she says anything in her last episode. Well, okay, she says something as a kid, but not just walking towards that lady that was like in the um in the uh the Sahara Desert or whatever though. Or and then what's even worse is that I mean, okay, we're about to see her in this upcoming 30th anniversary special, which is all fine and dandy. But like, aside from that, the most we got from her is that like that there's that one episode of Zio where uh. Tanya gets like a letter from her in the mail, but after that, like Aisha, who, who is she again? Like we don't even know. We 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 never even hear from and her. And that was, and that was Kimberly's best friend until Tanya came around. Right. I mean, Cat's best friend. Sorry. Yeah, you would think that maybe Cat would mention her maybe once or twice. Yeah. I'd... I don't know. I, I think Aisha is a perfect example of how 
gray characters get discarded and then you just never see them again. I, I never really liked how the Saban era did that. It's mine a lot of a lot of shady stuff during back in during the day, so yeah. I'm surprised. But hey, I mean we're gonna see her for this 30th anniversary, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And we just got I just found out that this special is almost an hour long. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, fifty five minutes long according to Netflix. I was like, thank so you. We have time to learn what spa is a 30 minute movie or something like that, but like they, they're giving us like at least it may not be as long as people would want it to be, but it's it's better than what we got, what every other special gets, you know. So I'm grateful for that. And uh, moving right along, we're going to go to uh, Zio with Tanya, the Zio Ranger, yellow, Zio Ranger uh, number two, to yellow. Now for Tanya, like, she, she's very interesting. I, I like, with her introduction of being just like this girl that um, Aisha meets, which ironically we were just talking about Aisha not too long ago. And... She basically said, "Hey, like you know, you take you you take my place as as the as the Yellow Ranger and just take the crystal for me." And she's like, "Okay, well we'll just do that." And I don't know, it, it's kind of weird circumstances with her, but overall, she's a very enjoyable character. Like she had really great development throughout the entire series, and she even had a, a love interest that realistically didn't even work out. And people were hoping that her and Adam would get together because that's what people were hinting at. That's what the show kind of hinted at at first. And what people were watching the show felt like they were, they should have got together. I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but I actually like Tanya a lot more than Aisha. Um, I, I don't know. Like t- Tanya is another one of those characters. Uh, she's a lot. She's actually a lot like. Um, this is something that I keep saying about Izzy every time we review Dino Fury on here. I think, like, Tanya just gives me really great vibes. I love, like, you know, her bubbly energy. And I know it was there with Aisha, but there's something different with Tanya. I, I can't really describe it, but I, I always love Tanya. And I met Nakia Baris twice. Um, she uh, she is a very awesome person. Oh yeah, yeah. wonderful. We uh, did her uh, interview. Well, Nick did an interview with her. I filmed it, so yeah, yeah, that was well, really fun. Part of, I think part of that for you guys is because she had a longer tenure. I think like yeah. she was in the, uh, the entire season of Dio, and then she was in the entire season. Well, okay, half a season of uh, Turbo. So I think she had more screen time than Aisha did. But I really wish that they'll bring Tanya back because now we can say that like all of these Rangers of old have come back a couple of times. Like, you know, I mean, Tommy's come back God knows how many times. Uh, we're finally getting uh, Billy, Zach, and uh, Billy and Zach coming back after all these years for this 30th anniversary. And even other Rangers like, you know, Rocky and Cat, they both came back for, uh, well, Rocky and Cat will be back for this 30th anniversary. But before that, we had them back briefly for Dimensions in Danger, or whatever that Ninja Steel episode was called. Um, Dimensions in Danger, you had it right. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, Jason was back, you know, he, he came back for the big special in uh, Beast Morphers, plus he was there for Forever Red. Um, and we've seen Adam come back for Once a Ranger, like, uh, but, but it's kind of weird because the thing is, is that Tanya never wore a Mighty Morphin suit, unlike, you know, I mean, at least Cad, I mean, okay, she only wore, like, the pink, uh, the pink Mighty Morphin suit for a couple of episodes, but she's still considered part of the Mighty Morphin family, so that's the yeah. thing that sucks. I don't see how they can fit bringing Tanya back, because, I mean, Zeo is just not iconic, nor is it really getting that much attention from Hasbro, so... I think that's a real pity that we're not going to see. I, I don't know how we would see Tanya back, but I really hope that that happens. Yeah. Well, who knows at this point? And um, also, I'm going to give a, give a like a quick because I keep because like I don't want to I don't want to leave him out because like he is a a black character in Power Rangers, but like we're going to talk. Oh, right, we're going to briefly talk about. Uh, Cestro, he is the blue alien ranger from My Powers of the Alien Rangers. And he is like literally the only alien ranger that gets any attention. Yeah, because like... Yeah, he's one who we care about besides Delphine. Delphine, yeah. Oh, Delphine is awesome. Her actress is a total sweetheart. I am not going to say he a really single is. thing about yeah. Delphine. I'm not going to say a single bad thing about Delphine. No, definitely not. Um, with with Cetro, he was actually the Billy of his team, actually. Yeah, I remember a couple of episodes of uh of the of the, of the Alien Ranger Rangers miniseries. He was helping Billy a lot with his um stuff, the technology stuff too, and even Zeo that that also happened in Zeo as well. Yep. I j- just one other thing I want to say about Tanya. It's funny how people say that, uh, you know, she and Adam should have ended up together because there's one episode uh, that, to be fair, he was probably mocking her. But uh, that there's like two episodes where she's dating a guy who I, he was like on a, some sports team and he was a jerk because, you know, he was cheating on his test. His name was Sean. Yeah, uh, I hate that. <laughs> I hate yeah, him so he, he actually, um, he, uh, he made um, a comment saying, like, oh, you know, Tanya's going out with her new boyfriend, and he was referring to Adam. So, were they together? I mean, was, were they actually together, or was John just being a jerk? Who knows? I think maybe, well, obviously he was being a jerk, obviously, but I feel yeah. like he felt some type of jealousy towards Adam because, like, her and Adam were so close. Oh, and I'm, I know this is unrelated, but I remember when the guy who played was on Family Matters and he played like this. I remember movie. that episode. <laughs> the most awkward thing about that is that JDF is in that episode as one of his goons. Yes. <laughs> so you are uh, like, did Rita put Tommy under an evil spell again? I'm, that, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just wanted to briefly mention that because, oh, and the guy who played Zach was on Family Matters in one episode too. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love Family Matters. I just wanted to bring that up real oh, quick. It, it's a solid show. I do. I do like it. Yeah. And now we move on to the one, the only. Oh, actually, matter of fact, Nathan, you introduce uh this guy. 
All right. Everybody behold, in my opinion, the GOAT, Theodore J. Josh Johnson, otherwise known as TJ, or as Black Nerd Comedy, uh, Andre the Black Nerd introduced him, the very first black leader of the Power Rangers. No, 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 Nate. You got to say the whole thing like it's it. First black leader of the Power Rangers. Yeah, baby. <laughs> there you go. And then there's like a little sparkle on his teeth during that still. He just looked like, where, where, where did the music come from? <laughs> you, you know, um, okay, I don't want to, um, okay, I'm not, okay, so it's funny how uh, in that video on Black Nerd Comedy, like Selwyn Ward, now he's just joking around saying like how, you know, much like how Barack Obama was like the first black president, like, you know, I was the first black leader with Power Rangers, and okay, I'm not trying to bring up politics or anything, but like, I would literally say that TJ is kind of like Obama in that regard. Okay, I'm not talking about politics or anything, but when I was a kid and I first saw Obama become president, there was all this charisma that Obama gave off. And you can disagree with me on that. That's fine. But TJ is, TJ is similar. Like, TJ, at, like, if you cut TJ, the blood that would come out would, like, spew charisma all over the place. Like, that's just how good he is. Like, I mean, like, I, I actually remember when I was younger, like, you know, I, I had no idea how unpopular Turbo was. Because, like, I watched a lot of Turbo episodes. Um, um, mostly, like, my favorite Turbo episodes to watch were always the ones with the new team where they come in. And, uh, and looking back, they're not great episodes. In fact, some of them are uh, really unpleasant to watch. <laughs> the Robot Rangers, but uh, but um, even in the episodes that are bad, like there's just something about TJ that just always made me. I don't know. I, I, I just like I just like TJ, and he doesn't he doesn't undergo development that much. I mean, I think I think uh, I think Carlos and Cassie undergo more development, but does TJ really need to? I mean. Literally in the first episode, like, he runs into the Power Rangers, and he says he always wants to be a Power Ranger and, like, be a hero and, you know, fight for mankind. So does he really need to undergo development? That's basically how, like, I felt when I watched Power Rangers. Because, like, you know, growing up, I was like, oh, I can't wait. Oh, my God. I wish I could watch the Power Ranger. And, like, you know, with TJ, you know, saying that out loud, it's like, wow, like, he gets he gets me, you know, like I felt I felt that connection. And then, you know, even when he became the Blue Ranger in, in uh in space, his development was still um phenomenal because like, you know, he, he is Would you guys say he's in the top ten best characters in the franchise? Uh, yeah, he's in my top yeah. ten favorites. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Maybe not number one, but he's still up there. Yeah, because he's just an amazing character to me. The way his... So I know he got relegated to, like, second in command in space, but his tactical mind was so brilliant when it came to the Psycho Ranger arc. Oh, yeah. Like, the way he was planning out the strategies and all that, like, he... He truly signed as a tactician when, you know, 
he wasn't necessarily like book smart like Billy, but he was still really quick on his feet. Yeah. He had the ideas, man. He got ideas, man. <laughs> well, what's funny, though, and I'm really glad that they made this change, like, uh, TJ was actually a very last-minute change to uh, Turbo, because I don't know how many people know this, and um, I'll talk a little bit more about it when we do a full season of Turbo review. But originally, so... Um, there's a lot of conflicting reports about it, but long story short, originally it only looked as if they were going to write off Tommy and Kat and they were going to keep Adam and Tanya. And if they did, um, Carlos was going to replace Tommy as the Red Turbo Ranger and uh, Ashley was going to replace Kat as Pink. So, but then, like, later on, since um, apparently Saban just you know, always really liked how Sentai replaced the cast every year. He decided he wanted to replace the entire cast. So, so, and, you know, you can kind of see it in the show because they introduce Carlos and Ashley like several episodes before they become Rangers. But then TJ and Cassie get introduced literally in the episode that they become Rangers. But I'm glad that they made that last minute change, honestly. Yep. Well, part of it is the way that Nakia and JYB figured out that they were no longer to be Power Rangers is that they saw an ad in a newspaper advertising their roles. Mm. And for them to, like, you know, for auditions and all that. So, Haim Saban didn't even tell them that they're leaving. They had to find it from the newspaper. Uh, Saban, Saban, Saban. How messed up that is to find that, oh, yeah, you're out of a job, and... and we're hiring like, like what uh wh- um i uh th- but with that being said about tj like i i think it's really telling how much selwyn board um i've also met selwyn ward i'm hoping that he'll uh show up to the uh actually anthony and i met selwyn ward together um I'm hoping that he'll show up to, you know, one of the cons that we go to, because if there's one guy I want to interview, it would definitely be him. Definitely. And speaking of which, the years have been really nice to sell one more. I don't think he's aged a single day since his first day on Power Rangers. Okay. You say that. You say that, but Walter has not aged a single hour. Yeah. Yeah. He looks even. He looks younger too. That's the that's the weird part. Yeah, that, that's some crazy genetics they got going on there. And uh, by the way, uh, I always love how like TJ has come back for literally every single anniversary special except once a ranger. And even then, the only reason he wasn't in once a ranger is because Disney was really cheap and only wanted to pay for like one actor to come back. So I guarantee you yeah. that if. That if they asked Selwyn Ward to come back for Once a Ranger, he would have. So it's always great to see him come back. That I think that really speaks volumes to how bit important he is. Guys, yeah, he's he's just as important as uh, Wes Collins is to our franchise. Now that we're living in a post-ZDF world, yeah, yeah. Although I do have to ask uh, Selwyn Ward, uh, um, 
for those that don't know that final scene in forever red where they're you know bragging about all the stuff that uh you know they're talking about like how better they are than tommy you know like how andros is all like hey, so two worlds what about that um all of that stuff was ad-libbed like you know they didn't write that stuff in the script they just asked them to like just act natural why was the first episode that comes to someone Ward's mind the episode where he gets baked into a giant pizza? Because that episode is amazing. Yeah, I know. And also, it's funny. Yeah, it is. It's also funny in Car Ranger, too, but we'll get to that at some point. Uh, the point, um, I, I think the l only thing I want to say is that TJ, in my opinion, is the GOAT. I don't think anybody is ever going to top TJ. And oh, Turbo, He's definitely the GOAT, yeah. Turbo's not an amazing season, but honestly, TJ is the reason why it's not... TJ is the reason why Turbo is not on the same level as a season like Ninja Steel or Megaforce or Operation Overdrive for me. Right. The first half, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty kind of... It's kind of, kind of bad, but, but the second half is actually pretty decent. That's towards the end. And I just hope that uh, when he and Cassie get married, because that's one romance that I really wanted to happen. Uh, I don't know, TJ, could you uh, slip me an invitation to that wedding? Because you guys were really cute together. Agreed. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, let's move on to the decoy. <laughs> Damon from Lost Galaxy, the Green Ranger. Um, is he? I, I don't know. I so he was actually one of the first Ranger actors that I met. Um, that's uh, Reggie Roll, who, by the way, is married to uh, the same actress who uh, played Trakina in that show. That's the really the little antagonist of the of the show. So. <laughs> I mean, okay, Damon, if, that, if that's the way that you want to swing, I mean, you guys seem very happy together, so who am I to judge? Um, yeah. I remember uh, in, in one, um, video, on one video interview he was doing with somebody, um, or he, I, think he was, I think he was doing a, I guess, you know, one of those, like, uh, conferences or whatever where, like, you just sit down and you're meeting your fans and they get to ask you questions or whatever. Um, there was one, there was one particular, uh, question somebody asked and like it was like uh so did anybody like you know try to like tease you about how like your marriage with Trakina or whatever and he had mentioned this like he was in a either toy store or something like that with his wife and some kid walked up to him and was like Damon what are you doing here and why are you with Trakina <laughs> and he kind of <laughs> played he kind of played off like you know it was like a like I'm, I'm undercover right now like she she don't know it yet which is oh man I'm, yeah, that was that was hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't I, I'm not the biggest fan of Damon, but there's two scenes that, you know, kind of stand out to me like I wish that they made him like that they really tried to play up more of like this uh goofball cuz like he doesn't really have many episodes dedicated to him, but like I really love like one scene that I could watch all the time, and it just makes me laugh. It's um, it's the very first battle with the Galaxy Rangers, where, um, you know, Damon is like so excited to have these new powers, and then like he's all like, "Man, I cannot believe this power!" And then he's dancing around, and be like, "Yeah, woo!" Like, 
that always makes me laugh. Right. Um, I mean, aside from that, the, the only big crowning uh, moment that I remember, uh, which kind of comes right out of nowhere, but it's still awesome. Uh, it's and it's really glanced over actually. Um, it, it's that episode where um, uh, it's uh, where Carone takes Leo to a planet when he loses his powers to that magnet monster episode where Leo gets his battleizer basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like the monster has just fried his and uh, Mike's morphers and they were the only two Rangers left. And then right out of nowhere, Damon just tackles the monster and like pushes him away. And then like tells Mike, Maya and Kai to just run away. And it's so funny because like the episode glances over that, but I think that people should be talking about that scene more often because I think that was a great moment of heroism that I don't know that that really stands out to me. And it, and the episode doesn't really pay much attention to it, but uh, whoever wrote that scene in was awesome. That, that was a great, that was like Damon's MVP moment in my and mind. You, the monster slashed him in the back unmorphed. So if you can imagine, like, if you were Damon in that in that scenario, you're getting literally slashed in the back, and that must like must must hurt a lot, especially when you don't have your powers. Like, oof. Mm-mm-mm. I can't remember any focus episodes for him though. Like, aside from that one episode where uh, Corone is uh, trying to help him get like this head mechanics job. Or something, but is that really a focus? Now, to be fair, I don't remember that many focus episodes that his Sentai counterpart gets, although his Sentai counterpart is still a great character. So maybe you didn't have much to work with, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's bad. He's just not impactful, I guess. The only episode I can kind of remember him getting a focus episode on was uh, the episode where Hexaglove was trying to, trying to, just trying to, like, uh, kill him in his dreams because he had like he 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 made him fall she made him fall asleep due to some flowers and the whole time he's fighting a monster in his dream. Now the monster that he's fighting in that episode is actually voiced by uh, Walter Jones. Actually, oh, that's oh cool. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But I mean, they brought him back for uh, for um, the legendary, uh, legendary battle. battle. He didn't say anything, but that was still pretty cool. He gave a very knowing look. <laughs> he would have done more of that if that had been written more properly. Uh, Riz, you've been quiet on Damon. What do you think about him? I so I haven't seen Lost Galaxy in so long that my memory of him is really faded. I remember liking him a lot. Like he was super hard working. Um he was he was a good ranger. I mean, honestly, I don't remember too much of Lost Galaxy beyond their names at this point. It's been many, many years for me. I still remember like it was yesterday, but that's just that's just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm the fan. I've watched every season, so. I mean, I've watched every season too, but I haven't watched them all like in recent times, you know. Right. 
Actually, there is one other thing that uh, kind of comes to mind. Um, it's in the uh, Lightspeed Rescue team up where, uh, you know, um, it, it's the very end where now, unfortunately, Damon doesn't get to do much. Well, OK, none of the Galaxy Rangers really do anything in that team up episode. Never mind. But uh, I do like at the very end when like um, the the Lightspeed Rangers are trying to convince the uh, the light uh, galaxy rangers to stay on earth for a little bit. And they're saying, no, we need to get back to Marinoi. Damon like goes over and he like puts his arms around Dana and Kelsey is like, yeah, maybe I'll stay for a little bit. (laughs) Okay, Damon, I see what you're doing. Hey man, do you blame him? I don't No, I don't. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you want guys to move on to the next one? Yep. Alrighty, so now we're Cowboy himself. One of my favorite Rangers, the Hawk Dog himself, the Sky Cowboy, Joel Rawlings. He was just, he was just, I, I would say, he was very entertaining to watch growing up. He was very funny. Like, this dude is hilarious. Yeah, um, he, I think he's the Lightspeed Ranger with the most development, like, um, because he, he gets a lot of focus episodes. I love his romance with, uh, with, um, Miss Fairweather. Uh, that's great. Um, and I, I think, like, we see, and I think his romance with Miss Fairweather actually had a reason, because, like, you know, he's this arrogant person, and, like, you know, in his first episode, he just thinks, oh, Miss Fairweather's not you know, I really like her. But then, like, we see him show more genuine concern for her. And I, I think, uh, you know, um, the, one of the very last episodes before the in-game arc, that episode where Dana uh, becomes, like, a total diva. Now, that's a horrible episode, but I do like how it's Joel who's, like, questioning Captain Mitchell, uh, saying, like, really, Captain? Like, you're just going to let her run off like that? Like, Joel, of all people. I, I, I would expect that from maybe Carter or Chad. Maybe not Joel, necessarily, though. Um, and you don't even see him wear his cowboy hat um, that much, which I think was a subtle thing. And, and he, his best moment is in the very last scene where, uh, you know, he's finally, after all these months, chasing after Miss Fairweather, and he's about to go on the date, but then... There's a building on fire, and without hesitation, well, okay, maybe he hesitates a little bit. It's like, oh, man, do I really got to do this? But he still goes and does go to help people. You got to give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, he he is a first responder now. He, ha- he has to call, answer the call to duty. And he got Miss Fairweather in the end because they're married in Time Force. Yep. So that's awesome. About to go on their honeymoon, but then the dang call is just like, oh, he's right there. What? Oh man. <laughs> but he can still, he can still probably like just you know meet meet up with her at the at the you know yacht some you know sometime later. So you know, I think he, I think he'll be, I think he's just fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. And it was Miss Verbo that was the one that told him like he he had to go. So. Yeah, he, um, I, I'd probably rank him as, like, my third favorite Lightspeed Ranger behind, okay, I think R- Ryan is awesome, and then it, well, okay, my favorite is Carter, because it's Carter, enough said. 
and uh, then Ryan, and then probably him. Was there uh, any final thoughts that we were going to talk about with him, or? No, he he's just an enjoyable character that always made me laugh when he's on screen, you know? Yeah. And he, he, he felt the most natural when it came to, like, being thrusted into light speed. He's like, yeah, I think you're nuts. I'm out of here. <laughs> like, I don't want to be here. You kidnapped me. <laughs> That's that's the realistic reaction I would have if, if I was like dragging something I didn't want to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, but in the end, he 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 was like, you know what? People are in danger. I'll help. You know, that's that's what real heroes do. They they face the danger, and before they even knew how to morph, they were just still willing to throw their lives to to save people and from these demons or whatever. Yep. So we gotta give him credit for he's there. He's definitely one of the real ones. And uh, the actor who plays uh, Joel, he's actually doing like really well. Like like he's getting a lot of like movie deals. He's very successful. Like you know in you know in screens and stuff like that. He's actually really really like up there in like as far as like what is the, what what is the movie he's done since? And I haven't seen him. I, I don't think remember um like. Two thousand four. He was in a live action version of the movie Fat Albert, where he played a um, the live action version of a the guy who's supposed to be like the equivalent of Bill Cosby in Fat Albert's Gang. Um, I remember that he was in that movie because I wa- I watched that movie a couple of times. Yeah, he was also in Dreamgirls too. Um, oh, really? Yeah. What else would he? He was in a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm just trying to remember. Like, let's see, and um, I, I'm just reading this right now. But apparently, uh, Joel was supposed to be uh, um, when, when they were going to uh, do the hexagon plan, um, the hexagon thing. Joel was supposed to be uh, one of the recurring characters in that show. Yeah. Which would have been cool. And on That's a not, I didn't know that. And on a not so great note, apparently uh, Philip Jean Jean Mari, however you pronounce his name, he played Max in Wild Force. Apparently auditioned to play uh, Joel. Which thank God that didn't happen. I'm glad he didn't get that. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't get that. <laughs> no hate, no hate towards no, towards Philip. He's like a probably like the nicest dude you ever meet. But yeah, no, it's just it wasn't right for him at the time. Yeah. But but I do know that I mean we we don't really have about you know all the movies that he's been in but I do know that he's been in uh like I do know that he's a pretty active actor. Yeah. Which makes it all the more cool that he did come to Power Morphicon 2016 cuz I did meet him there. In fact, I've met every Lightspeed Ranger except uh Chad now. So uh, Mike, Mike. However, your last name is pronounced. Could you please come already so I can meet you? So I can say I've met all the Rangers for my favorite childhood season. <laughs> right. Uh, should we move on now? Yeah, we should go ahead and move on. Yeah. So now we are going to discuss. Hey, Time Force Yellow Ranger. Uh. 
Believe it or not, um, guys listening, uh, I actually did an interview with the actress who played Katie, uh, Deborah Estelle Phillips. Unfortunately, the uh, video did not turn out too well, so I am banking that uh, we'll be able to do one again if we manage to go to Power Morphicon 2024. So that, that'll come out at some point, I promise you guys. But there is a- no if, there's only a do or do not, and we're going to do. Right. That part. <laughs> now, while Katie didn't have that much development in the show, she was a very, she was a decent Yellow Ranger. I'll give her that. Cause, like, you know, yeah, one thing, with, you know, most other Rangers was that she had super strength, you know, at the, well, at the time of Time Force. Yeah, I. I I do like like she's one of my favorite Yellow Rangers. I think she's you know I think she's a total sweetheart. I think that I really like her friendship that she has with Trip. That was the big thing that really got me. How she has like this big sister relationship with Trip. Um, I now the problem is though that um, I don't know. Like I'm gonna have very. Di- I think the big issue I'm going to have is that when we eventually do Time Ranger and we do Time Force versus uh, Time Ranger, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say that her Sentai counterpart is probably better, but that doesn't mean that she's a bad character. No, 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 not at all. Yeah, she's awesome. I, 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 my favorite moment was literally in the first episode. When they're trying, like when Jin was trying, like to like get yeah get somebody's uh car to borrow or whatever, and the guy was kind of being a jerk or whatever, and Katie goes like, Jin, you have to be polite, and then slightly pushed out the way. She smiles, grabs the guy by the by the collar, and throws him out of the car. It was so hilarious. I love <laughs> like, that. You. And I think the other thing I want to note, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but, like, even though Katie has, like, a very bubbly personality, she was also very much a tomboyish type of ranger. She had, like, a more, like, I don't want to say, like, masculine appearance, because I, I don't want that to be sound insulting, but, okay, let, let, let me put it to you like this. Um, so, for those back home that don't know... Um, a lot of the previous Red Yellow Rangers in Power Rangers, even though they were women, they were male in the Sentai. Like, Yellow Mighty Morphin was male in the Sentai. Yeah. Um, and that, that was also the case for Yellow Galaxy, Yellow Lightspeed Rescue, Yellow Time Force in this case, and a Yellow Wild Force. Honestly, even though I... Ne- even though, looking back as, like, a kid, I don't think it... I don't... I could never buy Yellow Mighty Morphin or um, or maybe uh, Yellow uh, Lightspeed Rescue just because Kelsey's more tomboyish. But with Katie, I could actually believe that that was her in the suit. Like, I don't know. She looked like big and like tough enough for me to buy that that's her in the suit, which is big because Time Yellow is like a really big, tough guy. Sorry for that spoiler alert for Time Ranger, but still. Uh, so... But I, I could actually believe that Katie was in that suit. Uh, but I can't, I could never buy that um, Trini was in the yellow suit. Okay, with Ayesha, it was a little different because most footage with her in the yellow suit is original footage. So that's different. But I can never buy Maya 
in the Lost Galaxy yellow suit. But yeah, I, I have no problem seeing Katie in the Yellow Ranger suit. And I, I know that's a weird thing to touch upon, but yeah, De Deborah Estelle Phillips is just totally awesome. Yes, she is. But but do you see what I'm trying to say about like buying her in the suit? Oh yeah, I can I can totally see it. Yeah, I just kind of wish she did more, especially in like the. I, she honestly felt wasted in the movie Madness episode. Like of all the things they put her in, they put her in a in a, a, a musical slash uh, stage play. Like oh come on, Ali could have gave her something better than that. What I probably would have done, well, I would honestly would have had her in the ring, like as a wrestler. That would have that would have tied into like that. That'd be like cute little reference to Time Ranger. Yeah. Sorry for the small spoilers again, but that technically you would have to like watch the Sentai in order to know what I'm talking about. But I do love her. Um, I do love her. Uh... The running gag, how she wants to give people hugs. She has super strength, so she almost suffocates people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh, ooh, ooh. laughs> That's get always it. awesome. You, I like the, wanna... fact she, I like the fact that she um likes to arm wrestle people too. Oh yeah, she just like knocked Danny out of her out of his chair. Right. Uh, did you want to add anything? Riz, you've been kind of quiet here. Yeah, you have. Yeah, I was waiting for y'all to give me a stamp. Okay, sorry <laughs> about that. Oh, no problem. Uh, Katie's a real sweetheart of a character. Like, she doesn't get, in my opinion, the love and, you know, I don't know that I think she's the character. I also don't remember too many really good focus episodes with her. But I do think her personality was grand enough that she may do just fine without it. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything else you uh, wanted to say? That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, that's a quick yeah. little tidbit there. Okay. I'm ready to talk about the next one. Though. That's my, one of my favorite boys right there. Is it now? <laughs> <laughs> you might want to take that back because we got one other person. Yeah, we're going to Ethan. No, no, we're, we're not going to Ethan. You know who there we're no other... going with. Who are we going to? Just tell him, Anthony. We're not playing this game, Riz. You know who I'm talking about. We're not playing this game. Who, who are we talking about? Wild Force, Wild Force Blue Ranger. Max doesn't exist. <laughs> doesn't exist. Max sucks. End of story. The only, the only blue ranger of African descent in this era was Ethan. I mean, okay, I, I'll say this one brief thing about Max. I don't think. Okay, him being a bad character is not entirely his fault because uh, Gal, Gal Blue is a really bad character too. Like I, I so like like that's the sad thing about Wild Force. Like you know, we talk about how bad of characters Danny and Max are. 
Are they bad characters? Yeah, they are. But Gal Black and Gal Blue are both also really bad characters. And unfortunately, Wild Force is one of those seasons that decided to copy the Sentai note for note. So I don't know. So this is not entirely the fault of Philip Jinmari. I don't want to disrespect him, but... Yeah, he unfortunately had no choice but to be bad because Gal Blue was a bad hero. Yeah. The only thing memorable about him was the fact that he kept saying he wasn't a kid, even though he had like one. Yeah. I mean, that's oh. all I have to say about Max. Oh, and now over that never give up crap that he always keeps saying, him and Danny keep saying. Yeah. We, we forget that happened. Let's move on now. <laughs> He's like, I'm ready to move on. Just, just, just move on to the next one. Okay, now we'll talk about Ethan uh, James from Power Rangers Down Thunder. He is the Blue Ranger of that team. And he's quite possibly one of the best on this list. Not oh. the best, but he's one of the best, in my opinion. Oh, big facts, yes. Like, Ethan... Ethan speaks to all three of us, because he is a nerd, first of all. Yep. And he has throughout the season, I just rewatched Donathan there like a month and a half ago. And he he just has like so many deposits that we have. Like he wants to game, he wants to, you know, be a prankster and uses intelligence to cause little uh technology problems around the campus of the school to go to. And he he just grows grows so much from like this geeky um kid who's like a computer nerd to freaking superhero and actually knowing how to fight and being dedicated to a team and a group of people and making friends. I, he is just phenomenally amazing as a character. Well, what what I really like about him is that uh, even though he is a nerd, well, they you know they try to make him out to be a bit more nerdy. They don't go all the way with him being a stereotype. And the the big one is that there's the episode where um, it's called "Fiddly Enough: A Bully for Ethan," where uh, the guy um, uh, he's actually the guy who plays Tyson in Operation Overdrive in a much better role, by the way. Um, uh, he uh he's this guy named Derek who's bullying Ethan, you know, he's picking on him, you know, calling him a lot of names. Uh there's one time where Derek like intentionally kicks his soccer ball and like knocks something really expensive out of Ethan's hand. And rather than just walk away, you know, or just kind of cower away, he's actually getting in Derek's face and be like, dude, like, screw you. Why why why'd you do that, man? Like, so I like how he stands up for himself because I think he he's like a a brainy guy done right. Where yeah, you are maybe you're a little nerdy and you're not the biggest guy, but that doesn't mean that you have to just you know be a pushover and just let that happen. And I like that they do that with Ethan. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's, like, I wouldn't. I, I would. I might even put him as, okay, maybe not an S tier, but he's definitely an A tier blue at the very least. Most definitely. Oh, they are. did you definitely want to say 100% agreed. 
Riz? Honestly, I forgot. You did? <laughs> yeah, Nathan said something I forgot. <laughs> and I also like, like, I know it's subtle, but I also really like how they portray him having girl issues, because, you know, you have the whole, like, he wants to find a date for, like, Kira's, like, this was a story arc that unfortunately did not get as much attention as it should have, but, like, he needs a date for Kira's little, um, like, music video, and, um, and he gets on a dating website, and he hooks up with Cassidy. Um, and then, and then we get the next episode after that where, you know, um, Ethan and Cassidy are hanging out, and then we get the actual episode where they go out on a date. Which was pretty great. Um, so it's cool how we see him have girl issues. I really wish that we got more um, with. I really wish that we got more focus with him on that. But he does end up with another girl. Um, yeah, she's cute. Too. Is, and her name is Angela too. What, what is it with these people having girlfriends named Angela? Because Zach has a romantic interest named Angela in season one. Joel marries Miss Fairweather, whose first name is Angela. And now Ethan really? ends up with another girl named Angela. Like, what's he with this recurring name? I don't know. That's interesting. I didn't know her first name was Angela. Yeah, I'm not making that up. It says so on a uh, Ranger Wiki too. Yeah, um, he meets her at a, at a convention and a line of the convention he's trying to go to. Yeah, but that's good for her that they ended up together. Yeah, and apparently he creates computer software that SPD uses in 2025, so good for him. Mm-hmm. He's also got a cool genetic power, but that's not really much for character stuff. But I love his dino power. Are we, uh, yeah, we can move on. Oh, wait. Did, did, did Riz, you manage to remember what you were going to say? Nope. Oh, it is man. gone, gone. Well, you can still say nice things about, you know, Ethan if you want to. That, oh, no, know. I did. I gave my whole rant on how much I love Ethan earlier. Okay, that's good. Okay. Just wanted to be sure yeah. I didn't want to like, leave you, you know, hanging or whatever. No, no, you, you're good. I'm ready to talk about the first black uh, leader of the Power Rangers with dreads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, we're talking about Jack Lander's SPD Red Ranger. With Jack, he was actually he, he was actually a very interesting um, character. Um, he started off as a Robin Hood esque character with uh, Z, his longtime best friend. Um, they ran around like stole like goodies goodies from like the rich or whatever, and gave it to the homeless people. And they did this for several years until they got caught by. Uh, B-Squad, which was uh, Bridge, Sid, and Sky. And it was actually... Honestly, Jack was really, really well-developed in this show. I think Jack is kind of a victim of uh, the subpar writing style of Bruce Callish, which I still need to make that video about Bruce Callish. Um, like, because early episodes when Bruce Callish was being a bit more original, he was great. But the problem is, and this is the case for most of the SPD Rangers, 
Um, <clears throat> after like the episode um, where uh, we get the big debut of uh, the Battleizer, which is a great episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, Bruce Callish was just copying the Sentai episodes, which wouldn't be such a big deal, except for the fact that Deca Ranger is a very episodic Sentai with no real ongoing story. Yeah. And like a cop procedure, like cop procedure show, basically. Yeah. And I think that really hurt it. So pretty much everything that Jack does from point forward is just stuff that his Sentai counterpart does. Now I do think that he's better than his Sentai counterpart. I'm not a fan of Deca Red, to be honest. I don't think he's a he's not a terrible character. So, uh, to kind of answer a question like Riz, I don't think he's as bad as John from Geki Ranger, but he, uh, but he's still not. It's an hard amazing. to be bad at John. Yeah, um, I, I think he was great. Um, honestly, when I was a kid, I didn't like the episode where um, he takes advantage of his position as the Red Ranger. But as an adult now, I'm just kind of thinking. You know what? There are probably some people who, who the minute that they realize that they're the leader, they would probably do this exact thing. So, come on. D- don't, wouldn't you? Don't you think there are some people who are kind of immature adults who would be like, hey, I'm the leader. I can make these rangers shine my shoes. I can make them do my laundry while I read a comic book. Like, come on. There are probably some people who would do that. Exactly. I would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? And his and his um, little thing with uh, with uh, Sky was a great rivalry when when it actually when they actually did stuff with it. Which again, you know, their rivalry kind of ended after uh, the Battleizer two parter. But when it was good, it was really damn good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was that was the dynamic duo that you really wanted in this season was Scott and Sky. I mean, Zach and Sky. Did you want to add anything about Jack Riz? He he is probably so I know he's a leader and he's supposed to be like this, but he was just a really, really good character. And I'm currently going through SPD right now on the side. And I gotta say, I greatly enjoy having a character like Jack who is very laid down and I mean, laid back and just like totally, you know, not all about the rules or anything. And then at the same time, he still manages to be a really good leader for the team. And I think he makes um, a lot of sense out of some of the things like um, I remember the episode where uh, he has Sid join him for a stakeout on their birthday. Um, that that's uh, on Sid's birthday. I'm sorry. Um, and I'm pretty sure in the original, so it's pretty much a carbon copy of the Deca Ranger episode. Um, except the Deca Ranger episode is actually a two parter. Uh, I can't remember why Bond selects Umiko. I, I think it's just because Bond is just kind of an idiot and didn't and just didn't know what he was doing. But I think it works out a bit better with Jack because, you know, he's he's lived on the streets and doesn't know when his birthday is. So 
he probably just thought that someone's birthday is meaningless, and that's why he selected Sid. I think that's a much better story element than it is in uh, Deck and Ranger. And uh, not only that, but his, I would say that his genetic power, the ability to walk through walls is very, uh, I, I love the genetic powers in a SP, in SPD. I, I don't think that they're like, it's the only season where I think the genetic powers are actually great because they're actually original because with the other ones, it's like super strength, supervision, blah, 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 blah. But with these Rangers, it's very reflective of their personalities. And I think with, and it's perfect with Jack because, you know, when he was, you know, he's a guy who doesn't see any limits to where he'll go to do the right thing. And by having the ability to walk through walls, there's literally no limits to where he can go. Because even if there's a wall up to stop him from going somewhere, well, he can just walk right through it. So that wall isn't going to do anything to stop him. And the same way that nothing is going to stop him from doing the right thing, even if he has to break a couple of rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. You agree with yeah, that, Rick? Yeah. Uh, did you want to say anything about Jack, Anthony? Um, I just got to say, I love the introduction the, when he first becomes the Red Ranger. Um, the fact that he was able to hold, like, you know, not only, you know, hold off against the Crabots by himself, he was also able to, like, you know, completely destroy that blue head, you know, Easily, because the other range was struggling to fight that thing by, by you know, with all the four of them. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about, about him. Should we move on? Yeah, yeah. let's go. Okay. No, we're not talking about Will from Operation Overdrive. No. No, no, we're not. We're going to Scott. Okay, yeah. all, we, all, we, all, we, all we're going to talk about with, with this is brief. This is going to be very, very brief with Will. He's up in the story. Person and in real life, a person in, in, in the show and in real life there. Yeah. All right, so Scott. Uh, I'm I'm actually uh, I actually want to start off this real quick if uh, if you don't mind. No, not at all. Yeah, go for it. Um, maybe I'm looking too deep into this, but I get vibes with Scott. Like, okay, Scott's story is very similar to uh, like you know some other Red Rangers that have issues with their dad, but I think it's a lot better with Scott because. Um, I, maybe it's just me, but I get low. Scott reminds me a lot um, of one of my favorite characters from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, Faramir. So, and let me kind of describe it to you. So, just like Faramir, um, Scott grew up with a dad who looked who, and he also had an older brother, like like who was always, like, you know, the bigger overachiever compared to him. And, like, you know, he was the guy that his dad was really proud of. In the same way that, you know, Denethor was really proud and, you know, loving of Boromir. And 
Um, now, to be fair, um, Truman is not a complete jerk like Denethor. Like Denethor is one of the worst. Denethor is like one of the worst human beings in fiction. Like I hate Denethor, but uh, but so I'm not comparing Colonel Truman to Denethor. But it's like, and then much like um, you know, much like Faramir, Scott wanted to uh, live up to his father. Like he wanted to make his father proud, and it got even more awkward when uh, he, much like Faramir, saw Boromir die, and he had to constantly live with his dad having resentment over that. It's the same thing with, uh, with Scott. Um, his brother Marcus got killed, and his dad was clearly disappointed, you know, and they didn't really talk. We literally see that in the first episode, where, like, you know, he reports to his dad that Marcus got killed, and Colonel just and Truman just walks away without even saying anything. And it's really powerful stuff. And what I really love is that we get like two episodes that revolve specifically around that. And it and it ends on the most perfect note where um Colonel Truman gives Jim a medal, but doesn't give Scott a medal. And then Scott gets like so pissed off that he like goes out into the wasteland, and then he and Jim find now, this is where the Faramir stuff kind of, you know, trails off because, you know, the Faramir drama ends with, like, Denethor dying and, uh, because because Denethor is a horrible human being and he absolutely deserved that. But uh, while with Colonel, while Colonel Truman is not a jerk so much as just kind of a little arrogant, but, like, I love how they end Scott's arc where he goes out and then he and Jim find these... Uh, refugees and they save him and then colonel truman wants to give him the medal but then scott is like well no i didn't earn this i was really reckless when i w in this action and because the thing about scott is that he's getting the medal for just the fact that his father would want to give him the medal that's good enough for him and i think that i think that's just really deep stuff like it's this is character writing at its best in all honesty, like Scott might actually be one of my top 10 favorite reds. The more that I think about it. And like, he's not like, well, I, this is not my words. This is both people who said this. Um, people have said that they are not really that much of a fan of Scott because of, you know, he wasn't really like, you know, I guess maybe his personality wasn't all that great. I guess he wasn't they, very likable as a character in the beginning. He kind of came up with like a, standoff as asshole, but honestly, if you look at his family background, like that Nate given detail, yeah. you can kind of figure out why he was like that, and it makes a lot of sense to me, honestly. Exactly. But and do like, you agree with, like, the Faramir parallels? I agree with it, because I, I, I've, I've I watched it. the ring, so I, I get it. It doesn't perfectly align, but it does align to some degrees, in my opinion. And Faramir is one of my favorite Lord of the Rings characters, so I kind of can't help but draw that comparison. Understandable. Were you going to say something, Riz? I was going to say that of the characters on our list so far, and even, even after, I think Scott has the most growth and development of any other character on the list we're talking about today. 
And to kind of draw some other comparisons, uh, you know, every, everybody likes to say that Dylan from um, RPM is like very much like Wolverine, like in terms of his backstory from X-Men. Now, I'm not, I, I always thought that like, you know, it's funny how Dylan is like seen as a pet, like he's very much like Wolverine in terms of his backstory. And I kind of like how he has this like bitter rivalry with Scott in the same way that uh, Wolverine has a bitter rivalry with Cyclops. And it's funny because <laughs> Cyclops' real name is Scott, just like Scott. So yeah. <laughs> that's really ironic. Irony. <laughs> But I never, I never like, like hated Scott. It was just like you know, I was focusing, we were focusing more on on Dylan and his story. But I would say I will, I did like the stuff with with uh, Scott and his dad. That was like the highlight of the show. With you know, aside from stuff with Dylan. Yeah. And I do think that Wolverine was probably on Eddie Gazelian's mind when he wrote Dylan. I mean, X Men Origins Wolverine literally came out the same year. That I mean, yeah, I think out, so. so. It's not a coincidence. It's definitely it's definitely intentional. Mm-hmm. And he probably um, had like Wolverine's rivalry with Cyclops a little bit in mind because uh, Scott and Dylan have a really great rivalry. Yeah, yeah, they do, definitely. Yeah. And, I mean, like, Scott just has a lot going on for him that you don't see very often with the other words. Like, before, before like, a month ago, Nathan, I would have said that Scott's in the mid-tier to low-tier. Like, I didn't really care about him. But then a couple of videos online... I watched him, and they worked on a story again. I was like, dang, this is actually really deep and a really good story. I need to pay more attention to Scott, and I I think he's definitely A-tier, if not higher. And he has some big moments, too. Like, he is the one who kills General Shifter, and um, if you want to be technical about it, he's the guy who came up with the idea that we should defeat Vengex with another computer virus. I'm pretty sure that was his idea. So it was his idea that ultimately saved the world, well, the RPM world, but still. Yeah. Let's be honest, we don't really like the Samurai Rangers all that much, so it was kind of nice to see him like, right. take all these jabs at them in Clash of the Red Rangers. Yeah, that's true. So it's like after this, this is now where it goes all downhill from here. Yeah. Well, well not, at least not, for like not, 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 entirely, not entirely, but mostly. Uh, Kevin uh, sucks in the story. Kevin does suck, yes. Like, no, he's very boring. He's very, like, not charismatic. His His acting in the show is just kind of just... Okay, okay, there is Power Rangers bad acting, and then there's whatever the hell Najee is doing in that show. We're samurai! We're gonna fight! Yeah! Like, like that, that's just horrible. I just don't get it, like... <laughs> so yeah, we don't have to talk about Kevin. 
Yeah, there's nothing to talk about there. Yeah. Um. Honestly, not a lot about Noah. I will say that he's very reminiscent of Billy in some ways when it comes to the schooling and like the informative gathering and all that. Yeah. I figured that was their when they did Mega Force, at least the first half. I, I just hope that you yeah. guys will like Noah more when I do my little redone ver- my version of Mega Force because I really want to make him likable. Pretty sure that anything anything else anybody else comes up with is miles better than what we got in the show. Yeah. Yeah, just, definitely. He's a great actor. John Loudermilk, John Mark Loudermilk, I think his name is. Um, I'm sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's like a decent. Uh, he, he, it was just the fact that he wasn't given a good role. Yeah, it's it's just not it's not his fault. So same with Ciara Hanna and Gia. I mean, Gia, I know Riz likes Gia, and she's a great character, but she was horribly underused. And it's the same thing with Noah. Yeah, it's the same thing with Noah. Noah had the chance to be a really good character, but he fell short. Because of super poor writing on the Megaforce team part. Yeah. And they try to turn him in, turn him too much into, like, Joe in the second half of Super Megaforce, but it's like, it, it doesn't work with him. I mean, I like his friendship with Jake a little bit. I think he and uh, Azim, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. Uh, but I think Noah and Jake's actors have really good chemistry. I like their friendship. Like, I don't know. This is like I don't know. This the Megaforce cast will always go down. It's like the most underused cast ever. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk anymore about Noah. Unfortunately. Yeah, and no, I think we're good. We can go on to. I think the next most significant character we talk about is going to be Selby. And she's oh, yeah. literally she's literally the next black African American character, and she's all yeah. Hurt. And so far now, our only black uh, Pink Ranger. And she's and amazing. with her, we're able to complete two teams that we've been looking for. Indeed. Um, I, I love Shelby. Um, I, I think we talked about how great she was. We already went into some pretty big depth with how great of a character she is when we did our big uh, Dino Fury versus Dino Charge thing. But, yeah, but I liked her. I mean, I thought she was kind of, uh, you know, I thought she could be a bit of a tomboy, but she was also really awkward. Like when she, um, like when she brought the wrong food to those people in the very first episode. Um, and you know, I, I like how you know she's very independent. Like you know, her dad is trying to. Her, he was played by the same guy who plays Colonel Truman, by the way. Um, her dad is trying to get her to. Uh, take on some, uh, like, you know, take over the family ice cream business, but she wants to study dinosaurs. Like, yeah, you go, Shelby. Go and do that. Definitely. Like, she has so much personality, too, is like, you know, she's oh, very yeah. sassy, you know, um, she's looking for herself a lot, too. I like that. And her romance with Tyler was actually really great. Yeah. They had good chemistry. Yeah, I ha- do. You guys know if um, you know, I know Camille Hyde. Um, like she's been doing a lot of things, and she's been kind of transitioning away from uh, 
Power Rangers, but I did hear that she did her voice for Shelby because you guys might remember in that big dinosaur crossover, Riley and Shelby only appear morphed in that episode. But I I did hear that like Camille Hyde voiced Shelby. She just couldn't be on set. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean that was probably filmed at the height of COVID. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And I also know that um, she is a lead character in, I believe it's called All American Homecoming. It's it's like a, like a like a football uh, TV show. I've only seen her in uh, the Netflix original called uh, American Vandal. What's that about? We'll talk about it offline. Okay. But it was pretty entertaining. I thought she did pretty well in that story. Yeah, but I think uh, I think Shelby is great. Like, you know, for the first pink uh, African-American ranger, she was awesome. Yeah. Um, I know that um, he, that, uh, I don't know if this is after Dino Church or not. I can't keep up with it, but uh I think we should give a personal shout out to uh, now I know this is from a separate continuity, but I really want to give a shout out to Billy from the 2017 movie. Oh, yeah. I, okay, that movie has flaws. Uh, I, I'm sorry to take I'm sorry to take over here from you, Anthony. I just I, oh, but, but like Billy from that movie really hit me personally because because it's not just a matter of him being a person of color, but they make clear in that um, movie that he's on the autistic spectrum. Now, I'm a bit more mildly on the spectrum, but I actually really liked Billy there, too. Because un unfortunately, we're not getting episode Ranger characters like that. Now, there are some characters that I suspect are on the spectrum. Like, I do think Billy in the original series was kind of on the autistic spectrum, I'm not going to lie. But uh, I, I, I want to give a personal shout out to Billy from the 2017 movie because um, he, like, you know, he not only gives, you know, people of color representation, but he, I also feel like he gave, you know, people on the spectrum like me representation. And I think they did a really great, like, I really loved Billy in that movie. And that movie has problems. Don't get me wrong. It's not an amazing flick, but Billy is what makes me actually want to watch that movie a couple of times, because I really love Billy in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know that he wasn't on the list of, like, the significant ones. I just really wanted to give a shout-out to that guy. Oh, no, no, no. I, I definitely wanted to give him a shout-out as well. I just... I think I forgot about the movie for a little bit there. I did, too. I'm not going to lie to you. Because he's like double representation. He represents like, you know, the African-American community. And I feel like, you know, people like me who are on the spectrum can get some representation from him, too. And I really appreciate that. Almost definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was he stole the entire movie, honestly. And I, you know, we can kind of substitute him in there because uh, um, there, there's no one to cover in Ninja Steel, thankfully. Actually, no. 
Haley technically is our first white uh Black Ranger. Even though it's sounds kind of weird saying that. Yes. It's weird. I don't know. It's been debated on what race her actress is. I, I I don't know. Yeah, I'm not certain, but um, she's cute though. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I haven't watched her just feel, but I could get through it just looking at her. And Sarah. If we're talking about, if we're gonna talk about Haley, the only real thing that you can say about her is. She has a puppy dog. It's adorable. And she's dating uh, Calvin. 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 And they have a really good episode about their relationship and how to deal with a rocky boat sometimes. Yeah, and I get good vibes from her. Like, I like her relationship with Calvin. And I don't know. I, I think one scene that I could watch just like with her reaction is like, uh, when uh, Calvin's fixing his car and like, she's like, uh, baby, you know, I'm your, I, you know, I'm your girlfriend and the car's just a car, right? And then Calvin is all like, Hey, you're going to hurt my baby's feelings. And she just laughs. Like, you're so stupid. Like, I like that scene. Honestly, her actress is great. Her actress, I feel like should be in a different power ranger season. Yeah. A good season. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Zoe Robbins, I'm pretty sure that's her name. She should be in a new, different season. And I, I don't, I, that's the only scene with Haley that I can really remember because I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to watch Ninja Steel, guys. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I don't think people could pay me to watch that. It's not good. You cannot watch that. I'm sorry. There's no way. Yeah. I don't think somebody could pay me to watch that. But I, but I will say this they do have, Two very, I tried to um, female ranger teams, so I, I think I'll give them that. They did cast some really cool. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to the next big one? Yeah, I'm down. So it's gonna be Devin from Beast um, Morphers. I was say I was gonna say Beast Wars. <laughs> no, it's it's Devin from Beast uh, Morphers. Uh, he is the uh, Red Ranger, and he actually is the fourth. Our uh, red, our uh, red, black range we had. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, um, I actually did just finish watching uh, the first season of Beast Morphers uh, not too long ago. Um, I still need to watch um, the second season. Uh, I don't know, Devin to me just feels like a been there, done that character. Like he's got a. I mean, I like his relationship with his dad, but. Haven't we seen this already and done like kind of better and more prominently with other characters? Well, the problem with this is Devin is part of a season that's a sequel to Time Force. Well, not Time Force, RPM. RPM. Yeah. And while he's a sequel character technically, you can kind of see the influence of Saban and Hasbro's collective attempt to hearken back to RPM's magic because him and uh, Scott have a lot of similarities in their character, like development, like their father and some of their cockiness in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. 
the the big save is that he doesn't work for a restaurant and he's not like an asshole like that guy is. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to like Devin. I because I, there's nothing technically bad about him, and I don't know. Like, I need to watch the second season of Beast Morphers. Uh, I don't know. In general, it's really hard for me to get behind some of these characters, though, because like I don't like how some episodes just have like really dumb, like you know, subplots that feel like they belong in a filler episode, and. Yeah. Stuff like that really distracts me on getting a better idea of like how I feel about some of these characters. I mean, there's one episode for I mean, for God's sake, there's one episode where Robbie is having trouble fighting because he's got a toothache. Like, I I don't know. I mean, stuff like that really distracts me from these characters. It's I'm sorry. Really and then it and that I think it was I think it was great connect. I think it was a call great connection. The the team up with the. Uh, Jason and the other uh, Rangers and stuff. It was just really weird that he decided that oh we're kind of in danger and we're just gonna he's just gonna go off and play a video game tournament and and then the meteor thing it was just really weird like I, you have to watch it for yourself Nate because it was just yeah. really odd that they did that and I don't like the fact that he's just only a bare minimum character who loves to play video games like. He needs to make his character more than just, oh, I like video games or R. It's like a video game. Like, it's more to it than just him liking video games. They should make it, you know, like, I don't know. Just, he, he he's trying to be like Ethan, but he's not, he's not, he doesn't have, like, the same, I guess, you know, love for it as, as, as Ethan would be. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Maybe I'll have a more healthy opinion of him uh, after I watch the second season. But so far, I mean, he's not—he's just a C tier red, in my opinion. Yeah. But I also feel like the stuff with him and his dad could have been explored a lot more. They kind of just like you know develop a little bit, but they, but they didn't continue it long enough, you know. Yeah. Oh, did you want to say anything, uh, uh, Riz? Um, Devin, he's very mid, in my opinion, as a character. Like, he doesn't have a lot of, you know, things that kind of differentiate him. The big thing is his dad and him's relationship, I think, honestly. Like, everything else is kind of superfluous, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to the last ones on the list then, guys? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. And on this one, we have two black male rangers for the first time in the franchise, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're both Rathconians. Yeah. I've introduced them, Anthony. So, this is uh, Dino Fury. It's the Zato is the red Dino Fury Red Ranger, and Ion is the gold Dino Fury Ranger. I think we've talked about this. Yeah, we have um, a bit of um, 
Red, black black Red Ranger. So there's that. And, and our first, first black, black Sixth Ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Zeta was cool. I mean, I've, I've said a bunch of mean stuff about Ion, which I don't feel good saying because I've met his actor and his actor is awesome, but... Eh, I have I'm nothing against, against the actor, but I just do not like his character. I'm sorry. Like, Hopefully he'll get better with Cosmic Fury. I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that. Yeah. And so technically, we could also say that Zato was the first... I, I don't even know what, what what color he is, technically speaking, because it it's, looks beige, but I don't know. He's a Zenith Ranger. So I guess we could label him as like a... I guess we could label him as like a... Um, a... Extra Ranger, like in, you know, Commander Cruiser or Korag's case. Could I be an Extra Ranger, too? It depends how you play it. Because he is, oh, let's see. How do you put this? He's the mentor for the team in a lot of ways because he's the veteran ranger in the same way Andrus was. Yeah, you're so right. I could easily see him becoming a Kruger type character, but we just don't know enough about it so far to make that distinction 100 percent right now. Right. Are you going to answer Frankie's question, Riz? No. Okay, wow, fine. <laughs> Frankie can answer his own question. I just want to know if I was an extra ranger and nobody answered me. I feel I feel adored. Okay, Frankie, you are now the Zenith Ranger. Congratulations. Is that an extra ranger or is that just like a weird... It's going to be a Cosmic Fury. I mean, I know, I know what it is. We don't know. Yeah. You know, I had this feeling like a half an hour ago during the podcast that at some point, Frankie would appear tonight. <laughs> I had this, I had this sneaking suspicion. We almost did yesterday, but I decided against it. No, I didn't have that suspicion yesterday. I had it today, though, for some reason. I was like. It's been too long. Frankie's been quiet for way too long. He's gonna just jump in and interrupt. No, he's gonna jump in and say, hi guys, I'm lonely. I mean, close enough. I was lonely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Frankie, now that we have you here, hello. who is your favorite black Power Ranger from the franchise. Black being like one of the African American descent characters. Oh, it's not the color like an African American character. Um, yeah, yeah. That's a very good question, actually. Um, I'm a big fan of TJ. I like TJ a lot. Yeah, TJ's the goat. Yes, um, he's a favorite among us all. I like Jack. Jack's awesome. Yes. Um, I have a soft spot for Aisha and Tanya because they were the first two uh, black female rangers. Um, Did you know, Frankie, that Aisha is considered the first female black 
um, superhero of, in live action TV. Is she really? Yeah. I actually did not know that. I learned that the other day, and I'm trying to spread the uh, knowledge to everyone who I can. I want to say Zack for nostalgia purposes, but Zack really isn't much of a character at the end of the day. Um... I mean, that's fair, but also Zack is amazing, and so, yeah. But no, I'm gonna, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to go with TJ. I'm going to go with TJ. Yeah. Go to go. Can't go wrong. But what do we want to say about Zato? Zato is... Okay, so I know a lot of people don't like him. But honestly, he went through a lot of stuff. He went through being awoken after, what, like 64 million years? Isn't he the oldest ranger in the history of the franchise? He's the oldest ranger in the franchise. Yes. Canonically, yes. Yes. He he lost his people. He spends most of the time trying to find his people. He finds his home planet only for Lord Zed to blow it up. Yep. And then he finds his people and he has to make the ultimate sacrifice and give up his life to protect everyone. Only to come back at the end of Dino Fury to go chasing Lord Zed. The guy because who retcon because they're retcon masters. I was that scene added in last second? No. Or was that always supposed to happen? That was planned to be the end scene, but they had no guarantee or truly any plan for a season three. So they were going to have a cliffhanger ending, and... <laughs> yes. That's terrible. Aren't you glad we got a third season? Yeah. I'm a little confused about the rankings of the Rangers now, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, me too. It was like... Well, yeah. See, because when I saw them, I thought it was going to be like a Tommy White Ranger thing where he was just the leader despite not being white, but I don't know how true that is. No, Amelia is the new leader. She's going to be leader. Which brings up an interesting topic. Are we done talking about Zeta and Ion? Do you have anything else you want to add? I don't. I don't like Ion. <laughs> okay. Most of so, them. Yeah. So part of the dialogue that's been going around Toku Twitter on and off for about a couple of weeks now is the the dissatisfaction with we have two prominent Red Rangers who are black. The first being TJ and the other being Zaito. And what in both Jack? cases, what? What about Jack? I'm getting there. Oh, okay. Um, these two characters are the red, but then in a later season, they're demoted or relegated to a different lead, like a different color, and in preference to somebody who's white. Oh, and, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, a lot of people have been upset about it. I, as a very, uh, on a personal level, I don't mind it for the story purpose. Because in the case of TJ and Andros, it made sense that Andros was the leader because he understands space. And 
This is literally Power Rangers in. Frank, help me out here. It was his Thank ship. He, it was all his stuff from his planet. Yeah. But with the Dino Fury thing, um, or Cosmic Fury, I didn't watch most of Dino Fury. I'm, I'm, I'm pleading ignorance here. Is um was she like built up as the new leader in Dino Fury, or is it just kind of happening? It's it's in the it's in a transition area phase right now. So when Dino Fury ended, she had much more character development and character growth than anyone else, and she had a lot of critical events happen to her. For example, it's found out that she's an alien like Zaito, she's from Rafcon like him. And her parents are respectively Void King and Void Queen. Oh. Who are the big bads of the season that are not named Lord Zed. Who was originally uh, Void... Remember Void King was originally uh, Void Knight? Yeah, but Void King's important. As Riz mutes himself. <laughs> I say that because, like, I'm guessing, like, Frankie oh, it muted me. What the hell? Like, Frankie knew about knew about about Void Knight more because of the armor that he wore, but I I know Void Knight because of uh, Ryu Soldier, but yeah, yeah, but but that's the basic idea is that Amelia's built up over time. Um, she hasn't really done much leadership in itself, like for the team. She's kind of more just there. To fill the trope of the Pink Ranger. It might be one of those cases where it's like, um... What's another good, good example of this? Like in Dino Thunder, where Tommy was like the mentor and Connor was the leader. Yeah. Might be that type of thing, where Zato's just kind of there. Because, so the thing you gotta remember, Zato technically died... And he stayed dead for about six or seven months before the Morphing Masters brought him back to life. So I don't know if his death excludes him from being a leader. Personally, I don't mind in either case because as long as they do a good story, which I have a lot of it that they will, I'm not going to complain. And it's going to be a shorter season, too, right? It's going to be like 10 episodes. 10. Yeah. And and the and the thing is, like I know I'm saying I don't mind, it's not a big deal to me personally, but I do want to say that I'm not the demographic that's upset about it. So, I don't have the full right to be dismissive of what others are feeling. And while I don't understand it, I do want to call out to our listeners in the podcast, hey, just because you don't understand why people might be upset doesn't mean you can't listen and try to understand and try to open a dialogue to support your fellow people who might not be the happiest with this. And to go back to what Frankie said earlier about uh, Zach, Zach may not have been replaced as the red on screen until the very last second of SPD. But even then, Sky, according to the 
the same people who are having to discourse. Sky is much more relevant to the season than Zach because he has more story and more development. And And people didn't like that either. It's just weird that the Red Ranger got sidelined by the Blue Ranger. That doesn't really happen. Well, Jen. Well, Jen didn't really sideline Wes, though. I mean, she was the leader for all intents and purposes, and... But if we talk about storyline, Wes was still basically the main character. Yeah. Uh, Delphine and Orico. Well, the Deerland Rangers are barely characters. <laughs> I mean, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> well, Frankie, you're always wrong, but in this case, you might not be. <laughs> well, going back to the SPD thing, too, when you really think about it, Jack technically isn't the leader Doggy is. Donkey is the leader in the same way Tommy's the leader of Dino Thunder. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he, he, still, has to re- he still has to report to Donkey. Yeah. So, Frankie, what's your color designation? What is your power? I I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm Gokai Red. Nathan's Boken Silver. Anthony's Kiru Green. What are you? Deca Master. Cool. All right, then. That works. That was easy. <laughs> um, can you guess Patrick? Um, uh, Shinken Red. Yep. Yep. Ding, 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 ding. I, hey, that's, my favorite, that's my favorite suit design, so I'll just go with Deck and Master. Yeah. Do we want to put together that dream team, but the all-black yeah. team? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's where I was going to end it was over there. Yeah, okay. So, moving on to the last segment of this podcast, we discussed earlier creating an all-star ranger team of all of our favorite black range, black power ranger suit words. How do you say this the right way? Like African-American. There we go. Thank you. And so... My, I'm going to start from the, I'm not going to start with red, because that's boring. I'm going to start with the easy ones. Obviously, mm-hmm. we have to have Selby as the pink ranger. I mean, who else? Who else? There is nobody else. I think she's the only one. Now, we have a couple of choices for yellow. Aisa, Tanya, Katie, Haley, and that's it. Who's Haley? Ninja Steel. Oh, no wonder. I never watched Ninja Steel. <laughs> You're not missing anything? Neither have I, I. I haven't watched I, it. I would pick Katie for that one, personally. I go with Aisa here. I'd say Tanya. Oh, we got, all right, Anthony. It's all you, buddy. Uh, okay. Um, I should start this list off, though. Like, um, hmm... Well, obviously, I'm putting the TJ as, you know... No, we're talking only yellow right now. Oh, yeah, only yellow? Okay. Um... So we have a conflict here. Everyone's picked one different person so far. If he picks Haley, oh my god. I'm go with Tanya. All right, Tanya okay. wins. Tanya wins. 
But let's have uh, let's have Tanya uh, with her Zeo powers, just yeah. to, because yeah. there might be a conflict with Turbo, so we have to have Tanya with her Zeo powers. Yeah. Now, now the rules of this, just to remind people, um, you can only have one person from each season. So you can't have two from the Mighty Morphin era or two from uh, like Turbo in space or whatever, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So. So Tanya with her powers is safe. Yeah. Now, the black slash green, we don't... We have options here. We have Zach, Joel, um, Damon. Damon. Mm-hmm. Who's, what's his name from RP, uh, from Overdrive? Well, Doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> Doesn't count. I feel like Zach's the only one you can pick here. I like Joel, but Zach is also great for nostalgia's sake. He's the original, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to give my vote to Zach. I give it Zach as well. Now, moving on to blue, we have, let's see, TJ. Ethan, Noah, and Kevin. Is that it? Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick Ethan just because I want TJ at red. I mean, so. you have Billy from the movie, too, if you wanted to be technical. Yeah. That's true. You're right. I keep forgetting the movie existed. But no, I got to agree with uh, Nathan on this one with uh, Ethan. Yeah. Only reason I'm not picking TJ is because I want him in at red. So, well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So, I- I'm going to go with Ethan for mine. Now, for the last one, it's the red, and well, we, we got have six Ranger, but we can only put Ion in at that. Yeah, that that's not important. Is he, is he really the only black? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. It took 30 years, Frankie. That's insane! <laughs> wow. Okay. And, like, I tried a couple of weeks ago talking to these guys offline to make the case that I think Doggy Kruger, but they both set me down and said, no, he's from, like... He's a dog. No, but the the actor. I, I, I think he's he white. Was- you mean well? I mean, he was Daggeron in, uh, yeah, yeah, in Mystic Force. Nathan told me the cu- the country he's from, and I, it's some Pacific country that, like an island or something. I see, really. Yeah. Oh, shit. So I lost that argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ion's the only one for six. Well, he actually isn't, isn't a six ranger anyway. So yeah. Now, for the red, you got TJ, Zach, Scott, and Zato. Mm-hmm. No, there's a... What's his name from Beast Morphers? Devin. Oh, yeah. Uh, Devin. But well, I got five be, of them. Dang. It's got to be TJ, bro. It, so I will accept the answer of TJ or Zach here. I will be flexible. Actually, no, I like Devin. Devin wasn't bad. 
I, it's TJ for me. TJ's the goat. But yeah, no, I gotta go with TJ as well. Yeah, same here. Now, one thing I would say that we I would consider as well. Name Ethan the mentor tech guy, because in Dino Thunder's epilogue, you do find out at SPD that he is um, very technologically savvy, right? Like, so I could make the argument that Ethan is our tech guy and not a ranger, which opens the door for a TJ as blue and Zach as red if we want to go to configuration, but I know we're not going to, but I still want to offer it out there for those that might be interested. I could see where you're going with this. Yeah. 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 Because to me, TJ was the best at blue. I don't disagree. No, yeah, I don't disagree with that. But I also so, think it's space is just a way better season than Turbo. So. Hmm? <laughs> I also think it's space is just a way better season than Turbo. So. And I mean, when T- T- every time TJ's come back, except for Wild Force, he's come back as blue. Yeah, you're right. In Mega Force and Ninja Steel, he was the Blue Ridge. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think he's more iconically known for blue than he is red. That's in terms of like canonical honest. stuff. The only reason we consider him more for red is because he's the first Black Ranger to Power Rangers. He's the first Black Leader to Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> he was in three of the five anniversary specials. Mm-hmm. I wish that he would make a cameo in a. He's yeah, always... yeah, that's just that's a mighty morphin thing. So I know. But like having uh, the background, like, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, guys, I'm here. I fought with you before. <laughs> I I know you guys, except not really. No, he worked with Jason and Tommy, and neither of them are in this. So. Yeah. Did we want to add anything else? No. No. Not that I can think. I'm good, man. Uh, do you want to say anything, Anthony, just to uh, close us off? Um, seeing as you're still leading this podcast, I'm sorry if uh, we've all kind of taken you over, buddy. No, 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 no. That that's perfectly fine. Because honestly, I was like not really sure if I was able to like to you know do this podcast. You know, full of my my charisma alone. So I really appreciate the help. Oh no problem. I'll yeah. jump in anytime. Out of nowhere. <laughs> it must appreciate it, Frankie. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Decamaster. Oh, that's right. That's like, yeah, Decamaster. Well, that concludes our, uh, I guess, discussion of, you know, black characters and Power Rangers. <laughs> Hope you guys have a uh, nice uh, night and you guys check us out on Spotify and on was it, at YouTube, pretty much, any, pretty much anywhere, any like stream service or whatever. And check us out on our social media pages, too, guys. And may the power protect you.